Where are you going to go for the best in college radio? The University of Central Missouri, of course. Tune in to the UCM radio station, The Beat. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. I'm your host, Olivia Gibbs, and this week I'm joined by Senior Admissions Counselor Don Kennedy. Don, thank you for joining me. I would like to start with your time as a student at UCM. So what was your degree in um, for undergrad? I got my degree in physical education with an emphasis in secondary, uh, grades 7 through 12. I also had a minor. You had to have a minor with that uh, since it wasn't K through 12, and I got that in health. Okay. And then what was your master's degree in? I got that in physical education also with an emphasis in pedagogy or teaching. Okay. So I'm assuming your, your career goal at that point was to be a, a PE teacher. P, a PE teacher and a coach. Okay. What sport? Uh, at that time, it was basketball. Believe it or not, I'm not a very tall guy, but I loved basketball. It felt like I had a good knowledge of basketball. Okay. So were you involved in any student organizations while you were here? I was with the Physical Education Majors Club. Um, I think I might have held an office. I can't remember. But uh, one, at one time, I think I was in charge of like uh, doing some fundraising or something with them. Okay. Um, so then I'm assuming your career goals, I think I already said it, were to be a PE teacher. Um, did you have a specific like grade level in mind? I, I was thinking high school uh, because that was the group that I was wanting to coach. Uh, kind of interesting because I wouldn't say that my student teaching experience in my mind was uh, great. Uh, I felt like I spent more time after all the years. It took me a little longer than most people to get my degree. Plus, I was a little older when I got it. So I was thinking I was going to be able to teach and actually spend time teaching the subject area and not so much in behavioral management. I did not enjoy that part of student teaching, so I decided not to teach after that experience. So did you, so you didn't go into education at all? After no, uh, I, I pursued coaching after that. Uh, one of the years when I got my master's degree, um, the second year, or the first year I was here, I helped with the women's basketball program a little bit and had plans on helping more the next year. Again, like I said, that was really what I was wanting to do was coach basketball. And uh, there was a change in coaches. And so that opportunity was no longer there. And so I switched over. I had a lot of friends on the softball team and had been watching softball for several years. And that sport kind of grew on me. And so I started as a volunteer with the softball program here. Okay. Are you still um, working with the softball program? I am not. I had I had a little bit of a career in softball after that. Uh, I spent about 10 or 11 years here between being a volunteer and a paid assistant. And uh, although not all of my job was uh, with softball, uh, three-fourths of my job was working on the grounds department, taking care of the South Rec complex, mowing and getting the ball fields ready and that kind of thing, and then got the opportunity to coach. And then uh, as the 
coach I was working for retired. Uh, a different coach got the head job here, which uh, opened up her position at another school, which a different person took. And then I ended up taking his job. So I became a head coach uh, at the time at the University of Missouri Rolla, okay. now known as Missouri s and Okay, that was yeah. the next question. Yeah. Um, so then how long were you there? I was there nine years. So my softball coaching lasted about 20 years. Okay. So this was something my mom and I were actually just talking about. So at the collegiate level, coaches are strictly coaches, correct? That's correct. At most places, uh, you typically at division one and division two colleges, uh, maybe division three, there's a lot of teaching and the coaching is, is part of it, but you know, they're probably making more money for teaching there. Okay. I just, we were talking about it because I have a sibling who um, plays a collegiate sport. And I think she said something like, what does your coach teach? And my sister was like, she's not a teacher. She's a coach. And it was, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like confusing going from high school where it's like, oh, my history teacher is also my coach to being like, this person is strictly my coach. They don't do anything else. You're teaching that sport is, is basically your job. Right. Yeah. Which makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you didn't want to be a teacher anymore after your student teaching experience. So what were your plans after you graduated? Um, I wanted to coach. And so that's what my main focus was. So I took uh, to be able to coach here. Like I said, at first, my first five years were as a volunteer. And so I took jobs on campus, such as uh, I worked some time in the what I call the old weight room, which was in the room located in the multipurpose building, kind of across the hall from the volleyball coach's office. I don't think it's there anymore. Uh, Then I would work. I, I took a different job where I worked at the golf course before it's kind of made the where it is now at Pearl Springs. And so, uh, I collected monies from the people that came out to play and checked them in as they got to their start, gave them a key to the golf carts and that kind of stuff. Uh, so that, kind of those, you know, part-time jobs to get through to get the coaching experience. Is that typically how people get into coaching? Um, yeah, unless you have a great connection that you're already there, you know, that's how that, that's probably a typical path people do. Okay. Um, so were you, I'm trying to think. So you were just kind of like working around, did you have like a full-time job anywhere or were you just kind of like taking jobs where you could? Yeah. Part-time jobs where I could just because you, you needed to be off by practice time at two o'clock in the afternoon. That was pretty much from two to five every day. And so I had to be off to be able to, to be involved in the practice uh, but then um, I got a position where I worked uh, three-fourths of my job, 75% of it was on the grounds department, and then two hours of it, although it lasted more than two hours, was uh, was coaching softball. Okay. So then how did you balance getting your master's and coaching and having a job and everything? Sure. The master's degree, I was a graduate assistant in the physical education department. 
So at that time, uh, the graduate assistants taught classes such as I had a beginning golf class, a bowling class. I think I taught badminton, uh, volleyball, tennis. We had tennis courts on campus um, outside of where the rec center is now in a piece of property there. So everything was kind of right there. And so I took my master's classes in the evening and typically taught a couple of classes a day uh, for the whole semester. And I've got, I was able to get through everything, uh, the classwork and everything like that in two years. Uh, but writing my thesis, uh, the professor that I had that was my per person that was ahead of my thesis, um, the baseball field's named after Bob Tompkins. And okay. he passed away uh, right as I was about ready to really get started on that. So that not having him, he knew the work I was doing, that really slowed things down. So it took me uh, between I spent more of my time concentrating on the coaching and everything, but realized I wouldn't be able to get a job coaching at the college level without finishing that degree. So uh, I think I finished. I started that in I graduated my undergraduate in the first group that graduated in December of 93. And then basically the next fall started my master's degree and then finished up with the uh, thesis in 99. Okay. So, well, you mentioned that you didn't, you weren't interested in being a teacher. You just wanted to coach. Um, so what was the motivation for still getting a master's in education and not in something different? Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I wanted to be able to fall back and have that teaching if I didn't, you know, wasn't able to have a career in the coaching. So I, I always had that to be able to fall back on. And that, to me, that education part of things were important. I uh, didn't I didn't really have a lot of other interests besides the physical education uh, part of things. OK, so we okay. take a quick commercial break and then when we come back, we'll discuss your career in admissions. So I'm a cat. And I just moved in with this new human. And she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. If you are just tuning in, we are on the air with USAM alum and current senior admissions counselor for the University of Central Missouri, Don Kennedy. Um, so you were working as a volunteer and kind of in like part-time jobs right out of college, and then you moved to Rolla. So when did you make the switch back to the university? Well, I was at Rolla as a the coach there for nine years. And uh, when I was finished coaching, uh, one of the people that I had gotten to know was our assistant athletic director there at Rolla. She had retired and then started a part-time uh, work in the admissions department there. And she said, told me, Don, we've got openings over here. You would be good at this. You've already uh, been recruiting students here. It's just working with every student and not just athletes. And so I applied for the position, got the position. 
And I start my first semester, the fall of that year, I started covering the area between, imagine 44 highway running east to St. Louis, 63 south running out of Joplin or out of uh, Rolla. And I covered everything in the southeast part of the state. That's a huge, huge area, if you can't imagine. I, yeah. I put 10,000 10, miles on the rental car that fall though, in about three months, traveling around to all the different schools for fairs and uh, high school visits to meet students and try to convince them to come to school there. Wow. So admissions counselors, um, I'm assuming that was your role is like just an admission. Right. So is their job like specifically to travel to these places and talk to these students and like recruit? Yeah, it's so what you do is you'll get a list of students that have inquired about the school and then you, you also have information on them about where they go to school. And so you look at the schools and see where a big number of those students are. And you get invited to uh, high school, to what they call college fairs, which they invite all the colleges from around and not even just in our state, but other states. And they come in and set up a table and you put your materials out there advertising your school and students get to walk around and ask questions of the schools they're interested in. That's a college fair. A high school visit is you go into the high school and you meet with the interested students in one of two ways. Either you're in a classroom where they're all sitting and listening to you, and they've expressed an interest in maybe your school, or you have what's called a lunchroom visit. You set up a table in their lunchroom, and while they're eating lunch, they have the opportunity to come see you. Okay. I think we primarily had the lunchtime um, visit, but mm-hmm. I think it would have been nice to have the the more personal um, classroom visits. So there really like any like I guess a paperwork side, were you on campus very much? Sure. When you, uh, at the end of each week, usually you come back to campus on Friday. Uh, there's a paperwork where you're entering, uh, we get what we call request for information cards where the students fill those out. Um, when you do those high school visits, you have to in- enter that information in a program that, that, that uh, communicates with those students. And so that then you know who they are. Uh, there's also paperwork that you have to fill out for your hotel stay, your meals when you're on the road, uh, your, the gas that you've money that you've spent, that type of thing. And so some of that uh, you might get reimbursed for others. You're doing that because it's a university credit card you're using. And uh, and so, there, yeah, and then you're on the phone talking to those students, following up who have questions, that type of thing. And when you're on campus, you have students that are visiting each day. So you might have two or three individual presentations that you're talking to students about what they're interested in and telling them about the school. Okay. Um, so how did you work your way up to being senior admissions counselor? I, I came, so I switched roles. I was, uh, for Rala, I was working and living in the Kansas City area, covering that area for about the last two and a half years of my time there. And uh, a position came open here at Warrensburg, you know, at UCM, and this is where I'm an alum from. So I felt like it would be a lot easier to talk to students about a place I had a lot of experience with as a student and other roles. And so I applied for this position and got it. And when I got here, they decided that they want me to be the local person. 
And so I cover Lafayette, Johnson, Pettis, and Saline counties, kind of the four counties right around the school. And I'm actually live and I'm from Higginsville, which is just up the road. So I knew all these schools from growing up. Uh, when I was in high school, we played a lot of those or knew of them because of uh, how close they were to Higginsville. So it's been really nice. Uh, I get to actually service my personal high school that I graduated from in Higginsville. Uh, some of the people, I still know a lot of the people there that are teachers and I'm working with uh, friends of mine's uh, children to get them to try to come to school here and that type of thing. So it's really a rewarding experience. Okay. That does sound very rewarding. Um, so did you have an interest in working in admissions before you got into it? I didn't honestly know a whole lot about it. Uh, a little bit different. So a little bit different. Things are done a lot through email and that type of thing now. And you can apply right on the computer, right? So as you can tell, I'm a little older. Uh, when, I, when I came to school, it, it was a CMSU at the time. I started out in a different school. And then I decided to come back here. I uh, wrote a handwritten letter to the admissions department, I had to find their address. Would you send me an application? I'd like to apply. Had to wait for that time for the letter to get to me. Had to fill out the application by hand, you know, handwritten, mail it back in and wait for a letter to get to me. Not an email that just said, hey, congratulate. You know, I had to wait for that letter. So it's a, it was a little different process then than what it is now. Yeah, I didn't even think about what the process would have been before computers and emails and things like that. Yeah. Was that like typical for when you wanted to apply to any college? Yeah, at that time, everything was uh, you filled out a paper application. And you had to like, did you have to send them a letter first and be like, hey, I want to apply to request that? Yeah. Or if you were on campus, I guess you could have probably picked up a paper application. So I, I can't really say to to college. Yeah, I can't say that I ever I mean, I was on campus because of our proximity growing up here, but I was never came on an official, you know, tour or anything here. I just kind of knew the campus from living close by. Uh, a lot of students are different now. They'll set up an actual campus visit where they'll come. We'll talk to them for about 30 minutes about the university, giving them a lot of facts and information. We'll talk about the costs and about scholarships and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, they'll take about an hour to tour campus, walking around and seeing the buildings. They'll get to see the residence hall, one of the residence halls. And then if they sign up for it, they can spend about anywhere from 30 to minutes to an hour talking with somebody in the department they're interested in studying in. So let's say, for instance, if you were interested in business, we would get you a, you know, set up an appointment with a time for you while you were here on campus to talk with them so that you could ask them, so what kind of classes am I going to be taking? Hey, what am I going to have an opportunity to do any kind of internships and where do your students do those, that type of thing. So I think it's a lot different now than it was when I was your age. Okay. So what would you say is your favorite part about working in admissions? Um, Kind of twofold, uh, getting to talk with people on the phone or in person. I enjoy either one of those uh, just to 
tell them more about what the university has to offer. Um, I, I think that's my favorite part is talking with them about that. And what is a typical workday like for you now? Mm -hmm. So right now with school in session, we're working an eight to five workday. Uh, when we get in uh, different roles each day, uh, one day of the week, because we have enough uh, admissions counselors right now, on Mondays typically is my day to do the presentations. And we do those at 9 a.m. to about 9.30, and then from 12 to 12.30. And then in between that time, I'm answering emails or doing anything that I'm responsible for around the office, uh, get, getting ready for whatever. And then uh, I have taken on a role of uh, printing off the admission letters some. So I, I, a few days a week where I do that, get those ready. And then somebody puts all that together that goes out for each day, that type of thing. And then like I say, answering the phone, answering any emails, that type of thing, setting up. Uh, so one week of, of each of these spring months, uh, we try to set up some time to travel out to the schools that are in our territory. And so like next I'm out next week on vacation, but the following week I'll go out and visit some of those schools. So when schools aren't in session, do you kind of get like a break or what kind of work are you doing then? A little bit from some of that, but uh, we may be doing some handwritten cards where we're uh, talking, you know, it, letting kids know that are prospects or have inquired about us. Hey, here, what you can do now, you can come visit, set up a visit. Here's where you can go to set that up. You know, we'd love to have you come see campus. And so that can be writing anywhere from like my area is one of the smaller ones just because uh, of only having a few counties. I could have a few hundred to a person that covers the Kansas City area, which is one of our larger areas, could have eight or nine hundred of those cards to write. So it, it's it's very busy, even though you're talking about you think it's downtime. But in the summer, you have to think about we'll have uh, two sets of three days like for this summer, our orientation days where the students coming in for next year will be on campus. We have June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, and July 28, 29, and 30. Those will be very busy days. You know, we're, we kind of roll a red carpet out for those kids coming in and give them that uh, last taste of, hey, here's what you're going to be going through. Let's get you all set and ready to go when you come in. Right. So how often do you travel to the schools then? Because you said mm -hmm. you weren't really. Yeah, in, uh, when the pandemic hit, we weren't allowed to go out to the schools. Partly, the, you know, that was university policy because of the pandemic, but the schools weren't allowing us out. And so it, it was kind of unique to watch because as the pandemic lightened up a little bit, most of my bigger schools still weren't allowing people to come in, but the smaller rural schools were. And so, for instance, uh, when I come back from vacation after next week, I'm going to get to go out to one of my bigger schools for the first time in two years. Wow. Yeah. And we'd had to do a lot of things that we did uh, during the pandemic where we were just like you and me right now on Zoom doing that. Uh, but here's what would happen. I'd be on here just like I am. And you would be on from your school or from home, and I couldn't even see your face, and you would never talk. They would 
they would keep themselves muted in that, and then they might communicate if they had a question through the through the, the uh, you know chat area. But most of the time, it was just like this: me talking, not getting any response. So I kind of felt like I was just talking to myself for the time I was on there. Do you think? Um, or I guess, do you know if the university had a drop in enrollment because of the pandemic? We, I, I think maybe that first year, uh, because students just didn't know. And a lot of high school students did not enjoy being online. So they weren't going to go to a school where they couldn't just do stuff online or they, or they couldn't be in person. Uh, actually, our numbers were better for the group that came in last August. So, but things kind of opened back up and we were back in classes too then. Right, and the university just lifted the mask mandate for in classes. Yep. Do you we think have, that- we, I'm sorry, I was gonna say we have, I, I got to talk to a high school um, back before Christmas, kind of did a college 101 where I talked about going to college and I asked in that classroom, I said, Raise your hand if you enjoyed doing online stuff last year in high school. Maybe one kid out of a group of 20 would raise their hand. And I said, how many of you like it better when you're in person? Man, all the hands would go up. You know, I said, think about that now when you go to college. If your classes are going to be online and you did not like that, I wouldn't suggest trying to take that. On the other hand, if you like that, you could still pursue some of that. But I always also encourage you a lot of the learning is about being around other people and having that experience of learning from other people so I think they got it but I had to at least throw that out there Adam so do you think that with the university kind of returning to normal procedures because I know a lot of events are coming back um the mask is obviously recommended now instead of um mandatory do you think we're going to continue to see an increase in enrollment? I hope so. Uh, one of the things that we've learned in, in our admissions work is the trends are there's not going to be as many people graduating from high school. There's not going to be as many people going to college. And you, when you look at that, all colleges are trying to keep or grow their numbers. So that's going to make it even tougher for every school to be able to keep those high numbers if there's not as many people out there to get. Um, I, th I think that uh, also some of, some of the trades and things like that are kind of coming along. You know, people see there's a chance to make good money doing those and maybe it doesn't take as long. You don't have to spend four years learning that and you're out making money faster. So I can't say that's exactly how it's going, but that's kind of some of the trends that we hear that could happen. Okay. We are going to take one more commercial break, and when we come back, we'll be discussing your plans for the future. People been saying to your friend, get a different face, and posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true, so tell your friend.
Know someone who's being bullied online? Send the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more about the witness emoji at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. If you are just joining us, we are on the air with UCM alum and current senior admissions counselor for the University of Central Missouri, Don Kennedy. So, Don, how have your career goals changed since working in admissions? Um, I really enjoy this work. I kind of look at this as being a service job. You're helping people. Um, I was a first-generation college student myself, um, and I love my parents to death, but other than really encourage me, they didn't have a background to be able to help me with anything. All they just kept, they would tell me is you got to finish, you got to finish. Cause I went through some times where, Oh, I want to be out working a job and that type of thing so I can make money. And so I, I do appreciate the fact that they encouraged me to finish because as uh, you'll learn, if you haven't already, they t- always told me your education is something People can take a lot of things from you, but one of the things they can't take from you is your education. So I appreciate that. Um, I enjoy what I'm doing, you know, and uh, it's it's also a little bit different because in a sales job, you have to meet all these quotas and everything. And it's not that I'm not trying to meet quotas, but one of the things when I applied for these different jobs when admissions, I said, I asked the question right out. I said, if I don't get 500 students and that's what I'm required, I'm not going to lose my job, am I? And generally they said, no, but we're, you know, we're going to want to try to work at getting more students. And I understand that, but I also didn't want that kind of pressure on me when I took on a job like this. Right. Um, so do you think, you could see yourself ever going back to coaching, um, maybe not even college, just high school, little league, things like that. Or are you, is that kind of like done? No, I, I've done some of that. Uh, typically, um, not the first year of the pandemic, but a little more last year as things loosened up. And previous to that, I've helped at a local town close by uh, coaching. A friend of mine has a a team that his daughter plays on and he's asked me to help him. And so I've done that. Uh, in the meantime, in all this, about five years ago, I got married and my wife has been very supportive if I want to coach. And I told her there is probably no way I would go back to the college, at least not as a head coach, because I said, uh, your summer weekends are not yours because you're out recruiting those players. And even, through the fall watching and everything and your practice. I said, so there wouldn't be much time for her and I to do a lot of things. And we like to get out and go do things. Um, but I've kind of scaled back on the coaching's fun, but the attitudes of kids are a little different than they were 10 years ago. So uh, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not. I try to take a little more relaxed uh, look at it and just help kids uh, continue to improve now. And I don't, if they win, they win, but that's not my main focus at the youth level. Okay. I had, um, a coach, I used to play volleyball and I've coached a year of volleyball, um, club volleyball. And my coach had the same mentality of 
winning is good and we should try to win, but he always just wanted to see his players improve. And that was more important to him than like our overall winning average. So, uh, I, for instance, I worked with a, a young lady uh, last summer and uh, she was wanting to learn how to slap and softball. And uh, so she said, uh, we get, we got a runner to third base. Well, typically when you slap, you try to slap it between the shortstop and third baseman. Well, with that runner on first, you're putting it right over there where they can keep her from scoring. I was coaching first. I, I said her name and I said, now with her over there, you're looking to pull it over here to second base. And she kind of gave me that look. And she hit it to second base on the next pitch. Our runner scored. Yeah, she got out. And I said, now do you understand what I was telling you to do? And she goes, I do. And that I do, aha moment, that's that's what keeps me going doing that. So you're back with softball, not, not at the collegiate level. Do you think you'd ever want to do basketball as well? Um, I think it would be a little bit tougher now, having not really been around um, the game as far as coaching. Um, I have spent the last, um, I think three seasons being a running the clock at the mules and Jenny's basketball games. And I enjoy that part of it and kind of getting to be a, uh, bench coach. If you want to, so speak, you know, kind of that armchair quarterback type. Uh, I enjoy that and seeing the strategy that they use. But, uh, again, I think the time that it takes to do all the coaching, is something that at my age, I'm not ready to go back to do anymore. Okay. So do you have any plans for your future in admissions? Um, I'm getting, uh, I think probably within uh, the next seven to 10 years, I'll be able to retire. But I would like to try to keep giving as much as I can to the students and you know, helping the university try to grow. And so uh, I, th I think the local area where I'm at is very fitting for me. Uh, those are people I've, over the last three years, I've gotten a really good relationship with the people, the counselors that I work around. I kind of know them on a first name basis and that works out real well. And like I said, I really enjoy getting to uh, be of service to my local high school that I grew up in. That's kind of a, kind of a cool thing. So how did COVID, well, I guess we kind of already talked about it. Were there any major changes outside of not being able to go to the schools um, that happened because of COVID? I think from the end of the high schools, uh, it, the students, it was really hard on them, you know, that not being in class like they're used to and the, in the interaction, it, it was just really different. Um, I made a comment today to uh, one of my coworkers. Uh, we took a few minutes this morning and walked around campus and stopped in over and got a bagel um, over in the rec center. And I said, it's just really weird, isn't it, to see people's faces again after not seeing them for a couple of years. I, and I think that's, that's going to be an adjustment. I still think uh, with everybody, we kind of don't know how to – be around people because we haven't as much. So it's kind of be kind of something that we have to relearn and get used to. Yeah. It's, it's a little uncomfortable. It's like, I don't know. It's going to be weird. Um, mm -hmm. 
still people who are going to continue to wear masks. And I don't, I don't blame them for that. So then my final question that I have for you is what advice do you have for incoming students um, that will be at UCM in the fall? Um, Besides going to class every day, like you should, and spending your time studying as much as you should, um, just get involved. Uh, Take in as many different things as you can do. Uh, You know, even if you've, if you've never been to a play, a musical or something like that, and that's not your thing, at least go once and experience that. Uh, try some different groups. Um, I, w- I forgot to mention earlier, Olivia, that I was a commuter student. And for my undergraduate part, I had a full-time job. So I came to class from about 8 to 2 and went home and worked 3 to 11.30. I didn't get the opportunity to be involved in too many clubs or in a murals. And so I missed out on that part of college. That's a, to me, that's an important part of college is that that part of getting to meet other and new people. So meet as many people as you can be involved as many things. Um, try to get outside of that box you get yourself in and, and get out of your comfort zone and do and try some different things. Okay. Thank you. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for this episode. Don, thank you again for joining me this week. If you are listening at home, don't forget to join me next week at the same time and place. I'm Olivia Gibbs, and this has been Voices of UCM. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM. With campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.